Offensive coordinator and offensive line coach Sharon Moore is going to be promoted to be the next head football coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Don't believe me? Look at what Jim Harbaugh told the Detroit News. Quote, I'll always be a loyal Wolverine, but not a better man to coach the team than Sharon Moore. He has my vote, my support wholeheartedly. I feel like it's in great hands, referring to the football program at the University of Michigan, a program that Jim Harbaugh certainly built up, but one that I will argue Sharon Moore can maintain, perhaps even improve. That's what we are going to be talking about today on College Football with Sam, along with staff changes, and by staff changes I mainly mean filling in the vacant offensive coordinator position the likely vacant defensive coordinator position as Jesse Minter will probably leave to go coach with Jim Harbaugh or at some other NFL job and give an early assessment of the 2024 roster. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Before we take a deep dive into what will be a new era in Ann Arbor for Michigan football, please click that like button And most importantly, subscribe to the channel. We're less than 100 subscribers away from 15,000. And I will be doing a giveaway at 20,000 subscribers. What will the reward be? I don't know, but it will be a significant reward to many of you. A giveaway with many winners, not just one winner. So subscribe to the channel to help us get closer to that and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I post new college football, Big Ten football, and Michigan football content. And that way you will also get notified when I do my giveaway, and that way you can have a chance at winning. Also, comment your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh leaving for the NFL. What do you think the short and long-term ramifications will be for Michigan football, whether positive, negative, or everything stays the same? Michigan continues to coast, continues to travel down the road. And if you want to support the channel, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description or the pinned comment at the top of the comment section and donate by subscribing as an All-American, All-Conference, or Heisman member. But without further ado, let's keep talking about this. Because I... I don't know if I was in a minority, but I thought that Jim Harbaugh would be coming back to Michigan after this season, even after the whole sign-stealing debacle and scandal, because I thought that he had been away from the NFL for a decade, basically, in the same way that the college game has changed, though I think it's changed more radically. The NFL has also changed and adapted, and I didn't imagine many potentially, if any, owners that would want Jim Harbaugh to be head coach because he wants not just head coaching power, but I imagine that Jim Harbaugh wants and is going to get at the Chargers now general manager power. And Harbaugh is someone who we've seen it with Ward Manuel. We've seen it with the owner of the 49ers, whose name escapes me. I think his last name is York, where he doesn't exactly like being in a situation where the power dynamics don't totally favor him, Jim Harbaugh. He wants absolute control, and he got a lot of that at Michigan, but not enough to satisfy him 
And it was the same thing with the 49ers, except the 49ers and their ownership weren't as tolerant of his desire to have total control. I thought that, plus the fact that Michigan, I thought, was going to win it all last season, and I was correct, and I thought that that would mean Jim Harbaugh would have a chance to build a dynasty at Michigan. He could be the highest-paid coach or one of the highest-paid coaches in the nation. Sit back, relax, continue building his resume, building up his achievements. But alas, I wasn't correct in that opinion, and now Harbaugh is gone. But Sharon Moore, it's being reported by ESPN, it's being reported by every news outlet, he is going to be promoted as Michigan's next head coach. Just due to Michigan law, the job posting has to be up for about a week. But Michigan had a team meeting yesterday. I don't know the details of that team meeting, but they had a team meeting, and Ward Manuel stated that he's going to do everything to keep the current team and staff together, whether that means paying players to stay, giving raises, which I think Michigan staff deserves raises after a phenomenal season like 2023. And Michigan was going to offer Jim Harbaugh to be the highest paid coach in college football. That certainly means they can bump up their assistant salary pool and pay players more than they have been. And Sharon Moore coached in four games for Michigan this season. He was only credited one win against Bowling Green, but he was the coach on the sidelines against Penn State, top 10 team, Maryland, who was one of the better teams in the Big Ten, which shows how awful the Big Ten was outside of Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And he also beat Ohio State. And I think that in those games, while in retrospect, it was clear that the team wasn't functioning at 100% without Jim Harbaugh. They played pretty close to their ceiling against Ohio State. No turnovers, perfect on fourth down. They were able to run the football, protect McCarthy, and they had a pretty efficient passing game against a great secondary and overall an elite secondary, I think the best in the country, and an elite defense coached by Jim Knowles. Sharon Moore can certainly manage games well. Now, managing a season is different than managing games, of course. But Michigan wants to continue the culture that they have. You want to keep the staff that you have together because I think it's the best staff in the nation. So you want to keep that intact. What better way to fulfill all those things than promote Sharon Moore, who currently is the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach, someone who's filled in as the acting head coach in multiple games this season, someone who Harbaugh trusted. He trusted Sharon Moore the most to manage the team while he was suspended for three games in November. He came onto Michigan staff in 2018 as the tight ends coach. From 18 to 2020, that was the position that he coached. He was promoted to be the co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach from 2021 to 2022. And then he was promoted to be the offensive coordinator full-time, be the full-time play caller in 2023, along with being the offensive line coach. Every time that he's been promoted, he has more than fulfilled the duty that he's been asked to commit. That's the sign of a rising star. He is, in my mind, already a great coach, and I think he would make a great head coach. Um, I'm a Michigan fan. I think that I'm pretty objective. I'm not perfectly objective, but I think I'm pretty objective. I think he would be a better head coach in year one than most Power 5 head coaches. I think that learning under Jim Harbaugh, 
and how he has rapidly advanced through Michigan's system. He's coached elite offensive lines. His offense this year, while not elite, not fireworks, it was physical, it was tactical, very impressive on fourth and third down. That's the mark of a good offense is being efficient on third or fourth down. It finished top five in efficiency this season per ESPN. And they dealt with injuries and adversity, and they were still a top 15 scoring offense. Again, not elite. I don't think it was like a 2021 or 2022 Ohio State or Tennessee offense or a 2017 Lincoln-Riley offense or even a Todd Monken Georgia offense. But it was close to some of those offenses, namely namely the Monken ones in terms of style. And I want that offense to continue at Michigan. I want the staff to stay relatively the same. Of course, adapt as seasons go on and go with the flow of things a little bit, but also stay close to your identity. And I think promoting more to head coach does all of those things, and I think that he will learn very quickly on the job. And I think more importantly, he's learned as an offensive coordinator and having to fill in at the last minute for Jim Harbaugh on those suspensions, how to manage games. I think he'll quickly learn how to manage a season. But that's more than enough talking about Sharon Moore and my thoughts on him. I want to get into talking about the defensive coordinator, the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, and the offensive coordinator. This will be blending in a somewhat 2024 roster preview, but also talking about names that I'm looking at for defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. Jesse Minter is probably leaving to the NFL with Jim Harbaugh or to another team. I think that is just close to a fact at this point. It's not confirmed. He's still the defensive coordinator for Michigan. If Michigan can retain him, that would be huge and probably would be the best outcome. But I'm not going to be factoring that in here. I think he's gone. Is that confirmed? No. I think it's likely, though. In 2022, Michigan had the seventh best scoring defense. They only allowed 16.1 points per game and before then I think the most they allowed in a game was the 23 to Ohio State an offense that I thought was the best in the country but then then against we all know TCU they allowed 51 points Uh, that was a very off game for that defense but the defense was vulnerable in, in many areas in the TCU game specifically you realize that they were not elite at stopping the run this season that changed and Michigan was the seventh most efficient defense in 2022 they were the most efficient defense by a mile in 2023 with a 91.3 defensive efficiency rating uh Georgia's in 2021 was one of the only teams of the past decade that had a greater efficiency on defense with a 93.7 defensive efficiency rating and they also had about the same offensive efficiency rating both around 88 and Michigan last year can't believe 2023 is last year but it is only allowed 10.4 points per game they held Washington's offense to 13 points they held Alabama to 20 points they shut out Iowa no surprises there they held Ohio State to 24 Maryland to 24 Penn State to 15 shut out Michigan State, and held Indiana, Nebraska, Rutgers, Bowling Green, uh, UNLV, who had an impressive offense, actually, in East Carolina to under 10 points. 
And, I mean, Jesse Minter's defense was just, it was really good this season. It was an elite, generational unit. Only allowed 90 rushing yards per game, held opponents to just over 150 passing yards per game. He will be missed, is what I'm trying to say. And with Rod Moore coming back, with Makari Page returning, with Wilt Johnson returning, I think that this defense would still maintain that elite level of play. Don't forget about Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, Rashawn Benny, Josiah Stewart, and Derek Moore on the defensive line either, or Ernst Hausman at linebacker. I think that if Minter were to come back, or if Michigan were to make a great hire at defensive coordinator, that they would be set next year to once again have a defense that could contend for being the best in the country. Now, would it be as good as this year's defense? Probably not without more portal additions, but who knows? If Michigan can retain Ben Herbert, I think that would be priority number one, is retaining Ben Herbert, who has been a secret weapon and really an alchemist for this Michigan football program. Jim Leonard, in my opinion, is the best coordinator available, the best possible option to become Michigan's next defensive coordinator. Former D.C. at Wisconsin from 2017 to 2022, when he was also the interim head coach. Wisconsin didn't offer him the job, but they offered him the D.C. position. They offered to retain him as D.C. under Luke Fickle. He declined, obviously wanting the head coach job. He might decline a Michigan offer and may just want to be a head coach somewhere else. I know he wants to be a head coach, so hiring Leonard will likely be a Band-Aid for the long term. But why not bring him in? He learned under Dave Aranda. He managed multiple top 10 defenses in 2017, 19, 20, and 2021 at Wisconsin. And that 2021 Wisconsin defense was... It truly was ridiculous. It was better than 2021 Georgia in some statistical categories, and you may think that's because they played in the Big Ten. Part of it was. But they also played a modestly tough non-conference schedule. They had to play Army, which is always difficult for defenses to play against. More importantly, they played against Jack Cohn-led Notre Dame, and that was an underrated Notre Dame team at the time they played. They also had to face Michigan, who had a great offense that season, and... They did phenomenally at stopping the run, and that was facing Michigan's run game, Notre Dame's run game, Minnesota's run game. They had an elite run defense that year. The problem was their secondary had some holes, and the offense led by Graham Mertz and Braylon Allen didn't come on the scene until the middle of the season. That gave Wisconsin several losses. Also, the special teams was horrific, so everything worked against Wisconsin's defense that season. But Leonard has managed elite near elite defenses with lesser talent. I think that at Michigan, with greater talent and with a great system and elite assistant coaches already in place, he would thrive. He has a proven track record with the Big Ten. He knows how to recruit in the Big Ten. He is a he was a great player in college and the NFL and a great coach. That's a rare combination. Uh, I think that bringing him in would boost recruiting efforts on the defensive side of the football and it would maintain the level of defensive excellence. Michigan football held the nation's most efficient defense and best scoring defense last season. Going a little bit into previewing the 2024 defense, Michigan returns most of their defensive back production. 
and defensive line players. We look at the current Michigan football depth chart provided by rlads.com. It's not perfect, but it gives an estimation, really. On defense, Mason Graham is coming back. He started at defensive tackle and backups, but significant rotational players, Derek Moore at defensive end, Josiah Stewart at defensive end, and tackles Rayshon Benny and Kenneth Grant are returning. Um, at linebacker, Ernest Hausman, who is a rotational player, comes back, and there are players in Micah Pollard, um, Christian Boyven, and Jaden Hood who have some limited experience that should be able to step up as Colson and Barrett leave at linebacker. McGregor, Jenkins, and Harrell on the defensive line depart. At secondary, Quinton, I don't know if Quinton Johnson returns or not, but I know that Keon Sab comes back. I know that Jaden McBurrows is returning. Zeke Barry is coming back. Um, Will Johnson's returning. Same with Makari Page and Rod Moore at safety. Michigan will be pretty set at safety. The areas of concern are corner, and Michigan likes to typically play another corner at noseback. So corner at noseback, although maybe that could change depending on the new scheme of the defensive coordinator that's brought in, unless we promote from within, as in Michigan. Corner opposite of Will Johnson and it knows back is a concern, but safety, set, I think the defensive line will reload. Jay Sean Barham is transferring in from Maryland, so linebacker has experience, Big Ten experience, and Barham was a pretty good running back. So I think this defense overall is set. There's a lot of optimism from me and others around the defense. Some areas of concern, though, are Michigan only returns four starters total. A lot of these returning players were rotational. They, You could say they were contributing starters, but they weren't the best players in their unit. And both linebackers, uh, particularly Junior Colson and also Michael Barrett, who's been with the program for ages and has just gotten better and better every year, they sadly depart. So a lot of starters gone. There will be a lot of new faces in the starting lineup, but if we follow Michigan football closely, these will be players that have contributed to the defense for a year and in many cases two years or longer. So I think the defense is in good shape. I would like to give the keys of said main battle tank, because I think that's what the defense is, to Jim Leonard. He's currently a defensive analyst at Illinois. He was that in 2023. Again, I think Michigan will likely pursue him. It it just makes sense. Current defensive analyst, defensive assistant, you're not going to have to poach him as a defensive coordinator. You're just not going to. And he has the needed resume and experience. He was also the defensive coordinator, obviously, at Wisconsin from 17 to 22. We already talked about the fact that he's fielded top 10 defenses at Wisconsin. Let me read you the 2021 defense. It's a defense that... I know involved Nick Herbig, and I don't remember Okeanu Benton as well on the interior of that defensive line. Really good players. 2021 Wisconsin only allowed 65.4 rushing yards per game, and on average teams ran on them 30 times, only allowing 2.1 yards per carry and less than one rushing touchdown per game. They only allowed... 174 passing yards per game. 
and that was on 26.8 attempts, and they allowed less than one passing touchdown per game. In total, they forced nearly two turnovers per game, with an average of just over one interception per game. They held their opponents to 16.2 points per game, which was the fourth-best scoring defense. Their offense only scored 25.4 points per game, which was 85th. So they didn't have any favors. This is in comparison to a Georgia defense that allowed more passing yards and rushing yards per game. Georgia, they they let their opponents in 2021 average 2.6 yards per carry. And I think that even though the SEC had better offenses than the Big Ten in 2021, and traditionally they have in general, the Big Ten in 2021, if my memory serves me correctly, did have significantly better rushing offenses, particularly in Michigan and at times Ohio State and Wisconsin toward the end of the year, along with Minnesota, even though Minnesota was constantly banged up. Georgia had an awesome rush offense in 2021, but Georgia's defense didn't play Georgia's offense on the stats sheet. So I think that's very interesting. And Georgia's defense scoring only allowed 10.2 points per game, which was first in the nation, but they had a top 10 scoring offense that scored 38.6 points per game. So you have to you have to keep that in mind when looking at these defenses in Big Ten for Big Ten teams, whether it's Wisconsin 21 or basically Iowa every year under Kirk Ferentz, is the defenses are deceitfully underrated because of poor offensive performance. Let me tell you, even with Michigan losing a plethora of their production on offense, they're not going to be as bad as the typical Iowa or Paul Christ offense next year. They're just not. They have too much talent, too good coaching. Uh, many of their offensive linemen were involved rotationally in this year or last year's offensive line, particularly Giovanni Elhadi. Miles Hinton comes back. We'll get more into the offense later, but Michigan just will, they will never have, at least for next year and typically ever, with 2017 being a pretty big exception to that rule, a terrible offense. They may have a bad offense, below average, average, but it'll be an upgrade over the offenses that Jim Leonard's defenses were used to having to cover for. He's my favorite candidate for the defensive coordinator job, Leonard is. But I also think you could promote Steve Klinkscale from the interior and be just okay, or more than okay. Potentially, Klinkscale could be an elite defensive coordinator or a great defensive coordinator. He's been Michigan's co-defensive coordinator, been involved with play calling in the system of running the defense for two years now. Steve Klinkscale's been the co-DC and defensive backs coach of Michigan since 2022, and he's been Michigan's defensive backs coach since 2021. Klinkscale was highly sought after by Mel Tucker for his 2020 staff. He was the secondary coach for Kentucky for many years under Mark Stoops, where his secondary led the SEC in defensive passer efficiency in 2019, and then I forget what the other year was, it was either 18 or... I think it was actually 2020. Very impressive secondaries. Absolutely impressive. And you saw that when he came to Michigan in year one, the secondary wasn't the best in the country, but he turned safeties and corners that Don Brown had ruined into good to masterclass players. 
Think of Daxton Hill, very improved from the COVID year to 21. Vincent Gray went from being a total liability to actually a decent, above-average, good Big Ten cornerback. And there are other examples as well, like DJ Turner or the reliable safety Brad Hawkins that season. I mean, Steve Klinkscale is elite at his craft, and he's been involved in NFL-level top 10 defenses in 2022, where they were top 10 in points allowed per game, or 2023, which they were number one in opposing points per game. He's been around McDonald and Minter for around three years. I think he might be ready for another promotion in the next step. I think regardless of whether you promote him to defensive coordinator or you keep him at the exact same title he's at, now you have to give him a raise. I think that Michigan needs to upgrade their assistant salary pool. Let me give you a perspective as to why. Michigan State in 2022 had a higher assistant salary pool than Michigan did in 2022. And I think that remained the case even in 2023, though I believe some coaches did get raises, but they were not they were not massive. Exactly. I think Michigan, you know, paying an offensive coordinator 2 million a year, a DC close to that amount if they have to, if they don't yeah, save some money, give it to the assistants or funnel it somehow to the players through a third party or just use it to give Sharon Moore this massive contract, or use it for facilities or better strength and conditioning programs to help Ben Herbert. I don't know. But Klinkscale has done a very impressive job. He's one of Michigan's best assistant coaches. And Michigan's secondary, look, past three seasons of near-elite-to-elite defenses, the secondary has been Michigan's strength. They have in, I mean, that's why they've been able to beat Ohio State every year, is Ryan Day wants to run more of a NFL passing offense in college. Well, Michigan has hired NFL defensive coordinators who prioritize defending the pass, and Steve Klinkscale is a big part of that. Michigan running five defensive backs out there, and this year, all of them are great or near elite at worst, and they're NFL caliber players at the best. So he would be my second candidate. Those are my only two candidates for the new defensive coordinator spot, just in my opinion. I think that Michigan, they're going to retain most of their defensive staff. I don't think Mike Elston will go anywhere. Um, Michigan needs a new linebackers coach. I don't have any candidates exactly in mind for that just because this was more of a broad stroke video talking about next year Sharon Moore is the head coach and the coordinators Michigan will likely need a special teams coordinator and they definitely need a linebackers coach as well as I do expect Jay Harbaugh to follow his dad Jim Harbaugh to the NFL but Klinkscale probably won't leave Elston probably won't leave and why not go out and get Jim Leonard Go out and get him. Or you can go to the Ravens, or maybe you can try and poach away DeAnton Lynn or poach away Mike Tressel. Those would be some other good options who are now currently on Big Ten teams. Sharon Moore being promoted to head coach. I think that I think there's a good chance that going from Harbaugh to Moore will be like going from Meyer to Day at Ohio State. I think Day 
is right now, after Harbaugh left, the best coach in the Big Ten. I think Day is a great near-elite elite head coach, wavering on the elite part after how that whole Missouri game looked. I know he had opt-outs, but that was an inexcusable loss. And the Bill O'Brien hire gives me a lot of question marks. But I like Ryan Day, and I still agree, for the most part, that he is overhated. But I think he has to, to pick up some stuff. His biggest mistake was not becoming a CEO as quickly as he possibly could. After 2021, well, especially after 2022, he should have left play calling alone and hired a genius to run the offense. That was his biggest error. If Ryan Day was able to call plays and not waver on his offensive identity, well, he wouldn't need to give up play calling, would he? Because the 2021 offense was one of the best offenses I've seen in my life. In fact, it was probably at the same level as the 2019 LSU offense with a slightly worse ground game, but perhaps an even deeper receiver core, dare I say it. The downside, of course, was LSU that year had a better defense. They had higher upside at wide receiver. They had, at that point, a better quarterback. Burrow was a better college quarterback than Stroud. Let's not kid ourselves. And they had a better offensive line. And their play calling was better in big games. It was. I mean, Joe Brady and Steve Esminger called a better game against, let's say, 2019 Alabama than Day called against 2021 Michigan. And then Day forced his hand. He made the offense more run-heavy, even though that's not how the offense was built. The 2022 offense took steps back as a result, and this year's offense was a total debacle. I think Moore immediately should give up play calling and go out and hire someone who knows how to run a power spread, spread option, just some type of modern offense that's adaptable, that teaches receivers how to block, that has a strong run game, but that can also be quarterback friendly and be able to scheme ways to throw the ball 30 to 40 times per game if needed. I think more needs to be a pure CEO, give up play calling duties, hire a qualified coordinator. I think the best name for that position is Brennan Marion. He's a rising star, and I think he'd help improve Michigan's offense, not just maintain what's happened, I think he'd bring Michigan's offense forward, really. This is an offense that scored 35.9 points per game this season and an offense that last year scored 40.4 points per game. Now, they lose a ton of production. Uh, Reasons for growth for Michigan are more about depth and reputation of the coaching staff uh, than they are about returning production because Michigan returns next to no production at wide receiver, None at quarterback. They lose most of their offensive line. The only position where they return their best player is at tight end with Colston Loveland and also Max Bredesen, the blocker, and some other young depth pieces at tight end. And they return Donovan Edwards, Kalel Mullings, Benjamin Hall, Tavier Dunlap at running back. So there's a deep running back room. The offensive line is a good reputation. They're well coached. And I think the second and third stringers would start at most schools and tight end set. But quarterback, massive question. Wide receiver, Morgan and Morris look to have high upside, but they only saw limited action, and Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson were much more reliable, and they have departed the program. Marion likes to use two running backs. 
likes to use a vertical threat at wide receiver. Very versatile offense. Rising star. I like him a lot. He helped develop Jordan Addison. He helped develop Texas's wide receiver room in 2022. And UNLV had an impressive passing and running offense this season. In fact, Marion played Michigan's defense, played Michigan this season, so he would have some familiarity with the Wolverine program. Michigan had the third most efficient offense this season and the 14th best scoring offense. But let's look at the candidates. Before we do, I want to briefly say I think Michigan's offense is the area that I'm the most concerned about. I don't expect it to be a top 10 offense next season, and I predicted that it would be a top 5 offense this year, which an efficiency metrics, it nearly fulfilled that prediction. Overall, I would say I was a little too high on Michigan's offense this year, but probably not high enough on how good the defense was. I didn't expect the defense to hold people to almost single digits per game, which is very impressive. The offense is the area that I'm the most concerned about entering next season, especially because Jim Harbaugh had his hand in this offense. Not as much this season as he did the prior two, but this is Harbaugh's offensive system. Harbaugh's more hands-off on the defense, more hands-on with the offense. So with Harbaugh leaving, with McCarthy, Corum, Zinter, Keegan, Nugent, Henderson, Jones, I just named five offensive linemen who are gone, including some rotational tackles, with Barner, departing and Wilson and Johnson there's a lot of concern on offense I think it will still be a good unit but great questionable definitely not elite probably not near elite Brennan Marion offensive coordinator at UNLV for last season the Rebels had success they scored 33.7 points per game and averaged nearly 0.5 points per play which is top 20 uh, his offense leans run, but it is versatile, rushing for 173.5 yards per game on nearly 40 attempts and passing for 239.2 yards per game. Impressive offense by Brennan Marion at UNLV. He's my favorite candidate for the offensive coordinator job. He'll help Michigan's run game, and he's also a good wide receivers coach. I think that him transferring to Michigan would get some attention of wide receivers who'd like to transfer for greater opportunities. I've heard some rumblings from Michigan fans, not necessarily rumors, but Michigan's wide receiver room has probably been the least impressive part of the team over the past few seasons. And if Moore wants to shake up the staff and not just maintain it, maybe he gets rid of Ron Bellamy or I don't know. I think this staff is great, but sometimes, like we've seen with Ryan Day, or even with at Alabama, sometimes even great or good isn't good enough. And I don't know. It's just a thought. He could he could coach up the wide receivers along with bringing his genius offensive talents to Ann Arbor. This next candidate, and if you've watched my Ohio State offensive coordinator video, which didn't include Bill O'Brien because I don't think he's a good OC, these candidates are all very similar. But that's because Michigan and Ohio State's offenses, particularly now, two years ago, not necessarily, but now 
they're much more similar than they were in, let's say, 2021. That's because Day, I think, has incorrectly responded to losing to Michigan by trying to be more like Michigan, even though that's not, Ohio State's not built like Michigan. That's not an insult. It's not a compliment. They're, they're built differently. If you, even if you gave Ohio State Michigan's strength and conditioning coach, Ben Herbert, they wouldn't be built differently because Ohio State doesn't recruit or develop from a position and non-strength and conditioning coach standpoint. They don't develop the same as Michigan because they don't have the same quality of assistance at offensive line or at tight end or for a long time at linebacker with Al Washington or at secondary. Or I would argue right now, this could be controversial. I think Larry Johnson's a better recruiter than Mike Elston. I've not been impressed with Larry Johnson's defensive lines ever since, really, the 2019 season. But I think he's getting older, and he's had a great career. I I just think that happens when you get older. Story of Mark D'Antonio could be the story of Jim Harbaugh in the NFL. I mean, he's he's 60. He's not going to be a very long-term solution in the NFL for the Chargers, I just don't think. But Isaac Newland and all the rest of the candidates, I have four of them, were on my Ohio State OC list. Isaac Newland, I think, is the most intriguing because his offense that he ran at Liberty, Willie Korn was named as the primary OC, but Newland was the primary play caller, They ran for nearly 50 attempts per game, rushed for nearly 300 yards per game. They averaged over six yards per carry, and they had nearly three rushing touchdowns per game. Now, Liberty football did not have an impressive strength of schedule. I'm not going to lie to you. They had the 117th strength of schedule, and Oregon pancaked them 45-6. to So there is some risk in that hiring. But I think Newland is a rising name. If he doesn't work out, you can have Sharon Moore call plays for the rest of the season and can him, because I still have faith in Moore's play calling. And here's the interesting thing. Caden Salter is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. What does Michigan need? A quarterback. Would Caden Salter be guaranteed to start at Michigan? Probably. Has he worked with Isaac Newland? Well, obviously, because Newland's the primary play caller. Newland and Salter could be a package deal, and immediately with the quarterback talent of Salter, who's a four-star quarterback per 24-7 sports and at one time committed to Tennessee and even enrolled there for a season, uh, Michigan could have the best quarterback in the Big Ten in back-to-back years with two different quarterbacks. Uh, And he would continue Michigan's power spread offense. The Flames scored over 40 points per game, and they gained over 500 yards. Not exactly the most efficient offense. You'd prefer to probably get another touchdown or at least a field goal worth of points if you're going to have over 500 yards per game on average. But it was an offense that just boat raced teams. If you're if you're putting up those numbers, even with that weak strength of schedule, it's still impressive because as much as the defensive jump would be huge if Newland was to come to Michigan, he'd have a lot more talent to work with. And he's a running backs coach, too, so he'd get to work with Donovan Edwards, which would be interesting. And he'd work with Michigan's O-line, work with Colston Loveland, and I just think that would be an an epic hire. This next one may 
uh, draw boos and hisses, but I think Scott Frost is a great offensive coordinator. Meme is a head coach, but I said this last season. I said that if Moore was going to leave for a head coach job or Harbaugh was to leave, I'd want Frost to be hired as the offensive coordinator. I imagine that he's learned his lessons in the Big Ten, and I think that he could apply those to the spread option offense that he ran at Oregon and also at UCF with tremendous success. Um, Him not having to be a CEO, just being a play caller and focusing on that, I think could work very well with a team that has a great offensive line. Frost offenses always worked when they weren't just fast, but they also had good trench play or a trench advantage over their opponents. Then they worked to perfection. His biggest issue at Nebraska was the offensive line always sucked. Always sucked. And therefore, he couldn't run the offense that he wanted. Now, that was on him. He needed to do a better job recruiting, developing. He didn't hire a good staff, and he got bogged down. He just wasn't ready to be a head coach, frankly. If he wants to get back into the business of being a head coach, build up his resume, and get paid a lot of money, why not go to Michigan, be the offensive coordinator? He fielded top five offenses in 2013, 14, 15, and 2017. The offense might be outdated, but the spread option would work within Michigan's pro-spread, power-spread framework, and it could improve Michigan's ground game. I mean, those Oregon and UCF teams, it wasn't just good quarterback play that made them work. They had athletes at running back, and their receivers did a great job of blocking, and they had physical offensive lines. So Scott Frost is another candidate. My last candidate, this would be a dream candidate similar to Marion, but I placed Will Stein last because I doubt Michigan is poaching him from Oregon. I doubt it. Oregon will be willing to spend more money than Michigan, at least I think, but this is just a dream candidate in mind. He spent the 2023 season as the OC with Oregon. They scored over 44.2 points per game and gained 500.4 or 531.4 yards per game. He runs a quarterback-friendly, balanced offense. This would be the most pass-heavy scheme out of all four of the candidates, including Stein. The Ducks averaged 7.6 yards per play, 12.5 yards per point, and they averaged over 0.6 points per play, which I think they were second in that category, I think only behind LSU. Mike Denbrock was another name that I thought of, but... He's been at Notre Dame now for three, ten years. I'm pretty sure he just wants to be at Notre Dame, and they're paying him nearly $2 million. So I think similar situation to Stein, except Denbrock has ties to Notre Dame. Stein doesn't exactly have ties anywhere. He's just at what is right now the best job for him. Michigan could use an elite offensive coordinator who's also a great developer at quarterback. He helped Bo Nix improve this season. He helped Frank Harris become a great quarterback at UTSA. Imagine what he could do with Alex Orgy, Jaden Denegal, and he would likely pull a transfer to Michigan. I think Michigan needs at least one transfer at quarterback. With Jack Tuttle leaving and J.J. McCarthy, that's two—it's really two court—that's two positions on scholarship for quarterback freed up. I know Jaden Davis is coming in, but that still, that still offers you one free position that I think you should fill— from the portal with a proven portal quarterback. 
So those are my four candidates for offensive coordinator. That'd be Will Stein, Scott Frost, Isaac Newland, and UNLV. My two candidates for defensive coordinator are Steve Klinkscale, which would be an in-staff promotion, and Jim Leonard, who's currently a defensive analyst at Illinois. I think Michigan overall is in great shape entering next season, provided no one outside of Jesse Minter and Jay Harbaugh leave the staff along with Jim Harbaugh. And I do think Sharon Moore is going to manage this program well. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Remember to like, subscribe, and click the notification bell. Thanks to Crash2488 for sponsoring the video as a Heisman patron. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst for sponsoring the video as an All-American patron. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for sponsoring this video as an All-Conference patron. If you want to join my Patreon page to support the channel, click the link in the the description below or the link posted in the pinned comment if you're listening on spotify please follow the channel if you're watching on youtube again hit that subscribe button you won't regret it have a great day and i will see you all around Bye bye